What do you do on the day that you want to quit? How do you know where to go? How do you know what to say? What's the real problem? The reason why you're telling yourself you want to quit probably isn't the real reason that you're having the thoughts and the feelings. So how do you find out the truth? Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from Sacramento, California today. Today's a good day. We are going to talk about what do you do when you want to quit sales? Now, I got to let you know from the very beginning, this is what I consider an asbestos underwear conversation because there's multiple parts to it and it may hurt your feelings. So be warned and understand that some of this could be you. Some of this really could be you. And I want you to know from the very beginning, know that it's tough, know that sales is hard, and that's a good thing because it burns most people out. And a lot of times when I work with salespeople, even when I work with entrepreneurs, they really don't put the words to what's going on. So what they'll do is they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done. I quit. And they really haven't thought out what the problem is. They really haven't thought out why they're in the position that they're in and why they're saying what they're saying. It's just out of frustration. It's out of anger. So I've put together quite a few different ideas, quite a few different lists, quite a few different reasons why you could be saying I want to quit sales. I hate sales. This isn't for me. So you got to really clarify your problem. Okay. So let's start with this. Let's clarify what the situation is. All right. So let me help you clarify your problem. Is it the place? Is it the organization that you work for? It could be that they are unethical, that they are liars, <laughs> that they are troublemakers, that they, they don't do what they say that they're going to do. Is it the, the things that happen in the building? Now, part of that is number two. Is it the people? It could be the management. It could be the people you work with. It could be the people that buy from you. That would be people. Could it be the product? Is it what you have to offer? Could the product that you offer be not so good? Could the product that you offer be causing you a lot of problems? You know, sometimes people will re-rank a product and it'll get reviews. And then it's like on one month, it's on the top and on the next month it's on the bottom and then it's just sometimes difficult to gain traction with buyers if that's the one thing that they look at is it your performance skills ah this is the part that the cs best it's underwear conversation this is the part that typically hurts feelings when i have the conversation with salespeople, and they're like no 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 it's the place it's the people it's the product it's never me well, you know what? Gosh darn it, it could be you. It really could be you. And you could be afraid to admit it because if you are if if you admit it, do you know what happens? You don't have to take responsibility. You don't have to own it. You can blame it on somebody else. And I don't know how many times I've ridden with salespeople and they're like, these are all the problems. And I looked inside the organization, I've trained with other people, I've ridden with other salespeople, and it's it's a them situation. It's not always easy to hear it's me. It's not always easy to hear. It's you, whatever way you want to explain it. Sometimes you're sitting there thinking like, really? You know, how how come? How come? 
Why is that? And it's because we get trapped in our own minds. I will let you know, I have fallen for this. This doesn't just be like, hey, you know, person listening to me on the other end of this podcast, on this other end of the episode, this is all you. Hey, time out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to put on my big boy pants too and say, I've made this mistake myself. And I want to let you know that all salespeople, all, all salespeople go through this feeling, every single one of them. What I want to challenge you to do is to look for the silver lining or the place where it's actually better for you to have this happen. Okay. Everybody always says there's a problem. I want to drop it off. I want somebody else to deal with it and fix it. But when you say, Hey, there's a problem and I'm going to own it. It gives you a skill. It gives you a talent. It gives you a capability and it's hard work. It's hard work. I'm going to say it one more time because it's true. It's hard work. It could be the boss of the management that you don't like them. They're pushing your buttons. I look back at some of the most difficult people that I worked with and how they pushed my buttons and how they made me mad and how they made me angry. And during the time, it really sucked. But looking back at it, if you have the skill to deal with difficult people, you could get a job anywhere. I've said this in a couple of episodes that I interviewed over 400 people. And of those 400 people, two came to me and said, hey, I want to let you know I'm really good at dealing with difficult people. And like, oh, you got my attention. Because everybody who goes into a job interview says the same thing. I'm a fast learner. You're going to love what I do. I show up on time. Like everybody says the same thing. And this is one of the problems that buyers have uh, issues with salespeople. All the salespeople say the same thing too, okay? So, you know, just know that if you deal with a difficult person and you get good with dealing with difficult people, there is a silver lining. Real deal could be the company you work for. It could be a toxic relationship. It could be the issues that are going on inside of the organization. It could have been a buyout. It could have been a management change. It could have been a million things. But real deal, when you're looking around, you're like, gosh darn it, I hate this company. That Then, then you know that's your answer. It could be the people you work with. I have worked with some swindlers. I have worked with some scumbags. I have worked with some derelicts from the time that I was 15 years old. I've worked with every type of person that you could imagine. Good, bad, indifferent, horrible, amazing. I've worked under good, bad, indifferent, horrible, amazing. And there's things that you could take away from each one of those people. Could be the people that buy from you. Oh my goodness. OMG. Oh my goodness. Some of the people that buy from you, they could be horrible. And it could be depending upon the way that the marketing is done. Marketing will attract a certain amount of people. Now, I am involved in a couple of coaching programs. And one of the things that you learn in a coaching program is you will be attracted to a coach or a mentor that's similar to you. And there are outliers. This isn't 100% like every single time. Guess what? Nope, that's not the way that it works. But for the most part, you're going to be attracted to similar people. And so sometimes marketing will attract the wrong type of people. They'll attract the wrong type of buyer. And sometimes salespeople, by the way that they sell, will uh, somehow coincide with the wrong type of buyer. And you may be left with super difficult people to deal with if a salesperson, a territory rep, a manager left, and they're like, guess what? You get this area, and it's all super needy people. Sometimes that sucks. It could be the leads. Real deal, could be the leads. Not all the time. But, you know, I learned this really cool thing Uh, a while back that if you start looking for reasons to have given an objection in sales, you're going to find it. And if you start saying it's the leads, it's the leads, it's the leads, and everybody else is selling around you, probably not the leads, but they're getting better leads than me. Hey, look, you know what? Game up, game up, level up, whatever way you want to explain it, figure out how to make a deal happen. You know, if you take a round circle and you break it into pies, about 30% of deals could be closed no matter what, roughly. 27, 30, 33, whatever the number is. 
And then of that pie, let's say 10% is just super difficult buyers. Okay. Now we're at 43. Next 10% is going to be cheap buyers. So now we're at 53. Next 10% could be people who want to go shopping and they're just looking for the best deal or they're looking for you to give them some sort of value. That's another 10% of buyers. So now we're at 63%. Well, there's going to be fractions for every type of group, every type of buyer. And if you're only good with, you know, 33% plus 10% and that's your bread and butter, like you better game up. You better find some ways to close some more deals, you're going to have to learn how to get and acquire some more skills. It could be the commissions you're getting paid. Oh, you know what? Price matching, discounting leads to less commissions, depending upon the industry. Could be the commissions. It could be because you don't have the skills to sell the deals. This is why I said, tough conversation to be had. It really, real deal could be you. I'll hear occasionally people, hey, Scott, you know that you say some some interesting things about ownership, some interesting things about management, but how come you don't say interesting things about salespeople? I'm like, you, are you not listening to this episode? Are you kidding me? Like I'm saying, real deal, this could be you. Your commission structure really could dictate how you're getting paid. And if you're, you're not paying attention to how much you're discounting and, and how much rapport selling that you're doing to close the buddy, to close the friend, to make deals happen, you have your own problem. It could be life in general. You know, we tend to take whatever's going on in our personal lives to the office. That that does happen. There are things that are going on in your life that have total influence on the way that you sell. Uh, you lose a significant other, gain a significant other, buy a house, buy a car, buy a boat, go on vacation, problems with a pet. Those are like the, th- the areas where life and, and struggle is. So I'm going to label this area the you have to do the work to make it done section of the episode. One, sales can be frustrating. Thank goodness, because it burns weak salespeople out. Thank freaking goodness. You know, the, the, you, you look at an organization and it seems like there's a buying season for everything. So I'm just going to go with in-home services. It's something I'm very familiar with. You know, at the at the end of February, beginning of March, companies start hiring up rookie salespeople and training them. And they're like, we're going to be busy. You're going to have to go run some leads. You know, you're in the office and you're looking around and you're like, they just overhired. They just, they're, they're taking all the ups. Well, part of it's because you're not going after your own leads. You're not getting referrals. You're not getting testimonials. So real deal. I want you to think about this. How much of it is you? How much of this is you? 10%, 20%, 30%. I'm going to say right now, own it. Own it. How much of it is you? Answer the question. I mean, if you're riding in your car, like the people next to you don't care if you're talking to yourself. If you're in the office, people don't care. You're a salesperson, right? How much of it's you? 30%, 40%, 50%. Own it. Come on. Give me your number. Say it. Say it out loud. You got your headphones on. I know you do. Just say your number. All right. Okay. So now that you know your number, how much pain are you willing to take? What are you willing to do to make this to get fixed? What are you willing to do? And there's very few answers from here. And most people will will look for every excuse not to deal with any one of them. You're going to find that there's four categories. Role play. Uh, Scott, I hate role play. Well, then you can't complain about how you don't want the job anymore. Uh, coaching. Well, I don't like the way that my coach treats me. He's mean. She's mean. They're horrible. Look, you're going to look for an excuse. You're going to find it. Ride-alongs. Well, if I'm riding along out in the field, I'm going to lose a deal. I'm not going to get paid. If I'm if I'm doing a side-by-side, if I'm, if I'm shadowing a salesperson, I'm not going to get paid. Hey, newsflash, you're not getting paid anyway. You're not closing deals. Find a way to get better. How many presentations have you recorded? Scott, I don't know if I can. I can't record a presentation. How long does it take you? 
Oh, about an hour. Oh, are you watching TV tonight? Yeah, the game is on. Look, once again, looking for a way to weasel out. That's your objection. My job today for you is to take away these crazy objections you got. Pain is being coached. Pain is being trained. And the people who work with me and have done the best realize this. And I will frequently hear from Scott. It was tough working with you because I have a belief as a coach, as a trainer, if that's what my my designation is, if I'm working with you, my job is to make it more difficult on you in the office than it is out in the field. So that when you do meet with a difficult buyer, you're like, man, you're not Scott. This is way easy. And I see a lot of times where salespeople, real deal, they don't want to put in the work. They just don't want to do it. So I got to ask the question, are you waiting for your sales mommy? Are you waiting for your sales daddy to pay for your training and coaching? Because this is the next problem. I have to wait for somebody to pay for it because I don't want to put any money in on it. Or I don't have the money to pay for coaching and I don't have the money to pay for training because you're not closing deals and you're not implementing. Uh, when I work with salespeople, they'll, they'll come out of a sales call after I do a ride along and they're like, oh, Scott, I feel rejected. I go, hey, there's no way in the world you could feel rejected. You didn't give a sales presentation. You know what that is? That's guilt because you didn't do your job. Most salespeople, even your competition, they're not salespeople. They're order takers. They're price matchers. They're discounters. And this, if this is you, it may be tough to hear. It may be one of those things you're like, yeah, oh, you know what? You're coming after me, Scott. Yeah, I am. I am. I told you from the very beginning, like within the first 30 seconds of me talking, you better know this is an asbestos underwear conversation. How many ride-alongs have you been on? Where are your notes? How often do you read them? I've got hardbound journals of just about every class that I've been to. If I'm going to go to your office and I'm going to take a class, or I'm going to go to LA and take a class, or I'm going to fly to Florida and take a class, I buy a brand new hardbound journal every time. And there's a reason for it, because if I'm going to spend the time, I'm going to spend the dime. And a hardbound journal costs $9. The cool thing about that hardbound journal is it's like a book. You treat it differently than a notepad of paper. Best salespeople that I've had a chance to work with they understand like if I pay nine bucks for a book and I write notes in it, I'm going to continue to write notes in it. I'm going to continue to look at it. I'm going to continue to go back and forth with it. If I buy a $1 notepad, that thing gets thrashed at the bottom of a vehicle. It gets like nobody knows where it's at. Put in the work, put in the effort. Real deal. Can you overcome the most five or seven difficult conversations for your industry? I put a list of them together. I don't know exactly what you're going to be selling, but they're probably going to sound something like this. Uh, I want to think about it. Most common objection every salesperson gets in the world. Right now is a bad time. You know, your price is too high. The price is too high. I need to talk to somebody about this. I can't make the decision. Uh, I don't want another contract. We already have somebody. You know, just leave me some information, buddy. Leave it on the table. Those seven objections are pretty close to what you're going to hear in your industry, no matter what you work and no matter what you do. And then if you have those objections, can you identify where you're losing the people? Because there's really five areas that you lose an objection. Was it trust or relationship? And there's a reason why this is up front. You know, was it that you ran in and did the quick presentation, didn't give a full presentation, so the person didn't really have trust in you? Are you in an industry where you got to build a relationship and you mailed it in and you didn't put in the hard work? Is it a price risk problem or return on investment problem? Did you not sit down and do the math? Did you not sit down and explain what's going on? And if you did sit down and explain it, were you condescending? Is it a quality or service of product? Did you not really answer what their question was? Did you just put it off and try to, to put some uh, coating on it, some frosting on it, make it all good? Was it a stall? In my mind, most objections are stalls. It's a way to not make a decision. But if it is just a stall, are you able to identify that? 
And last of all, was it a weak presentation? Was it you? Were you like, you know what? I'm kind of tired today. I got a lot going on in life. There's a million things I'd rather be doing instead of closing deals right now. I could go fishing. Was it a weak presentation? It could have been. How often are you asking for the sale? Even if you are. I, oh man, I went on a ride along with this guy for, for three days and we went on 10 sales calls. And of the 10 sales calls, he asked for the sale zero times, zero. We would get back to the vehicle and because it was a, it was a service industry and we would get back to the vehicle and I'd say, Hey, um, you know, we went through your presentation. How do you think it went? Oh, it went pretty good. Did well. All right. Well, give me the four things you think you went right. Okay. Give me the three things that you think you could have improved. Okay. Give me the one thing that you think held you back from that deal. And this guy could not identify that he was not asking for the sale. And we would sit in the car and we'd go over notes. I'd go over my checklist with him. All right. What did you ask? What was it that you asked for the deal? Well, I asked for it. No, 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 no. What, what questions did you use? What way did you tell him to, to take the next step? Did, did you say it's really easy to get started? All you have to do is this? No, I didn't do that. Did you say we can get you started as soon as Monday? Nope. Did you say, you know, uh, we have an easy payment plan. It's as low as $179 a month. You know, I just need a driver's license. Nope. You didn't do any of that. 10 for 10, zero times for asking for the sale. This is, this is something that's really common. You're like, hey, Scott, that should be uncommon. No, 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 no. Really common. It's really common. It happens more than you would ever think. And let's just say that you did all that work. How are you at follow-up? How are you at follow-up? How good is your follow-up game? Now, you have to know this. Your competition's got like one move. And it sounds like this. Hey, Mr. or Mrs. Smith, I was just calling to follow up to see where you are in your buying process. And it sounds like some pimply little kid trying to get his first date. I was wondering if you kind of want to maybe go to the dance with me. Like, no, you better have a good follow-up game. I do have an episode for you of the How to Sell Show all about follow-ups. How to Sell Show 35. Sales follow-up process processes will close more deals. Right? Sales follow-up processes will close more deals. Episode 35. I got you covered. All you got to do is spend the 20, 25 minutes for the episode and go through it. So if you're sitting here and you're like, hey, Scott, I really don't know if I want to be in sales anymore. I really don't know if I want to do this. I really don't know if I want to do that. I, I don't know. Well, we went through the list. Is it the place, the people, the product, or your performance skills? Why don't you identify that first? Why don't you figure out where your real struggle is? Put some words to your problem. Because if you sit down with a coach, if you sit down with a mentor, if you sit down with a therapist and you have your notes pre-planned and you say, hey, here's why I'm struggling, it's going to be way easier than trying to dig it out. Like there's times where you sit down with a buyer and you have to play whack-a-mole to try to figure out what their real objection is. This is the thing that I have to do with salespeople when I ride with them co-pilot. Like I'm, I'm, I'm doing the therapy thing and I'm asking the questions and I'm figuring out where they're at. And depending upon the person, it could be within the first couple of hours, it could be within the first day or the second day that normally this is the type of stuff that comes out. And it's the deep down inside content that's keeping you from closing deals. What do you do when you want to quit? You know, you may have somebody that you look towards, you may have things that you want to do. When I'm at my my biggest struggle, I usually pull out my goals list of things that I want to accomplish. And with that, in my goals list, I also have like testimonials and things that I've done. Uh, I'll shoot videos when I hit milestones or accomplishments in my life. And so I'm working on an amazingly huge deal right now down in LA. A couple weeks ago, I flew down there. And before I went out, I shot a video. 
I'm at the Sacramento airport. It's 5.30 in the morning. There's nobody in the terminal. And I'm shooting this video talking about this deal that I'm working on. And then I got back at 11 o'clock at night and I go into the terminal. There's nobody in the terminal. And I sit down at the airport and I shoot this video about how amazing this deal is going to be. And so a couple of days ago, I was struggling and I pulled those videos out and I watched them. I also pulled out some testimonials from people that I helped. And, you know, they were like, hey, this is what you did for me and I really appreciate it. What is your go-to stash of content when you're struggling? Do you have somebody you can call? Do you have somebody you could talk to? Do you have a coach, a therapist, a mentor, a clergy member, a pastor, a preacher? Whatever you have that you work with, can you reach out to somebody? Because you can't always dump this off on your significant other. I'll say, all you ever do is complain. And then on this list, last of all, if somebody gives you some solutions and you discount them just because they're going to be hard work and you don't want to do them, that's your fault. That's your problem. There's a lot of really cool things about being in sales. There's a lot of cool things that you can learn. There's amazing things that that you could do. The income could be just ridiculous if you put in the work and you put in the effort. And the great news for you is most salespeople are lazy. They'll never do it. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo. Mahalo.